This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Today is going to be amazing. We get to tell my all-time favorite church revitalization story, my favorite partnership story. I'm here with Pastor Keith Albert and Pastor Jose De Silva. Our three churches, Keith's church, Jose's church, and my church formed a strategic partnership in 2015. It's an incredible story of humility, kingdom vision, and multicultural outreach. So let me introduce you to two men who I greatly love and admire, Pastor Keith Albert and the Brazilian demon-fighting sensation, uh, Pastor <laughs> Jose De Silva. So Keith and Jose, why don't you tell oh, our boy. listeners a little bit about yourselves? Let's start with you, Keith. My wife, Gina, and I have been married 37 years, and we met in college. And so we were college kind of sweethearts, yeah. we did not become believers until we were seniors in college. And so okay. I did a real transformation in our life. And I didn't know that. Yeah. We were married in, in 1980. I mean, there's a whole little story of the fraternity life and all that kind of stuff that right? God saved me out of. But in that, we're married. In 1980, we have four children. They are from ages 35 down to 22, and they have all been married. They all married high school sweethearts or college sweethearts. So we feel really blessed. And I've been a lead pastor for 29 years, uh, three in Texas and a seminary pastor, and then now 26 years at Jog Road, and then now on staff here at Family Church for the last three years. Now, do you also have grandchildren? I have three grandchildren. (laughs) Okay, because I mean, I don't want your wife to listen to this and be really uh, upset. Well... My daughter will be the one uh, offended, <laughs> okay. but right. this past Saturday, I was at my first official T-ball game for my All grandchild. Right. So, That's so, milestones. Milestone. All right, Jose, tell me about your family. Well, I was born and raised in Brazil. Yeah. That's 54 years ago, of course. Wow. And I've been married for 32 years, three young adult kids, one grandson, yeah. just eight months, and spent a 10 year of my life in the Amazon jungle as a missionary there. Yeah. And later on, we moved to Mexico City because it, the plan was study anthropology and back to Brazil. Everything has changed from the Mexico City, went to Tucson, Arizona, yeah. living in South Florida for the last 15 years. All right. So, and uh, Jose, you served as a uh, Spanish pastor at a large church here in our community, another church besides Family Church. And then a couple of years ago, a few years ago, you planted a church, and you, I think you started it in your yard. Yes, this happened right here in South Florida, and it's Laxahatchee, the beautiful place. Laxahatchee. <laughs> and I, I remember those days because I have a couple pictures. I was, was talking to my wife the other day, and we started with Simone and my three kids and another two families. So we yeah. get together every Sunday, have some you know barbecue, play soccer in the, in the back the house, have at least a small soccer field. And uh, we start later by later, and the church start growing in Laxahatchee. One day, Pastor, we had uh, 80 people in our house. Oh, my goodness. 80 people. So, yeah. so you were just started it from scratch, and you were going, and your name of your church was what? CFC, uh, Christ Family Center, Centro Familiar Cristiano en Español. Right. And we started from that. And it was, it was amazing because we had to move to somewhere else. Right. So... 
Listen, we meet in the, in the park, in the right. pavilion, right. and the Holiday Inn. The Holiday here, Inn conference the, room. Yes, right. second floor, I'll never forget. <laughs> and we rent Pentecostal church, we rent a Baptist church, yeah. Methodist church, and we've been everywhere for like five years. And then when you and I met, you were renting a community center. Community center. Those days, they have a six church in the same place. I remember. The one <laughs> on my left was a Haitian church. And the Pentecostal in the other right, yeah. and I have a Arabic and Jewish church Saturday morning. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine you preaching the gospel, Pastor, and you have another church in the lobby waiting for you yeah. to get out there? So well, I remember I used to come visit your church, and it was amazing because, like, literally, there's a traffic jam in the parking lot because you were trying to come in after the Haitians were coming in, and then the Pentecostals were coming in after you, and it was kind of a little bit contentious because they wouldn't leave soon enough, and then they didn't think you finished soon enough. Yes, and every every weekend's the a little, same place. Oh, yeah. man, four years in that place. And that's church and multicultural <laughs> in South Florida right there. That's true. Now, Keith, you actually were pastoring a church, Jogro Baptist Church, on the same road, the same road. as this church That's where right. he was meeting with the other six churches. So tell us, four miles. Yeah. just yeah. Four, So can you tell us yeah. about your ministry at Jog Road? Well, I became pastor there in 1989. Okay. And we had a, a fruitful ministry, a faithful ministry, seeing uh, hundreds baptized. Yeah. Uh, many called the mission trips and mission teams to mm-hmm. probably a dozen different countries. But, but beginning around 2000, we noticed that there was a plateau that was taking place, and right. we had begun to decline. Now, Jogro was no longer on the western edge of Palm Beach County. I mean, we used to be the edge where if you came from out west, you were really in the in, in the sticks. Right. But then we were now central, and most of our people lived, as far as leadership, 15 minutes away. Okay. So – whether it was the preaching, whether it was the music, whether it was we were inward, whether it was a kids ministry, whether any number of things that we knew that we were plateaued and had begun to decline. And so it was sort of at that time that we began to, to recognize that we needed to change. And so as a pastor, ultimately, that, that was my responsibility. And so, Keith, one of the things that I think that you did was so heroic at Jog Road is you actually developed a pretty incredible facility on pretty nice piece of property on a main road. Yes. When I came there, we began to grow quickly and we had had a lot of debt from the original startup. Mm -hmm. But I said, if we're going to continue to grow, we're going to have to have another facility. And we built a worship center debt free. It it took us a while to do that. But yet we were truly unified and trying to reach out in our community and we saw results and saw lives change. And by the time you got done, I think you have about 50,000 square feet of space between your educational space and your worship space and parking spots and everything. I mean, pretty phenomenal what you developed there. And as you said, a pretty dynamic ministry over decades. So you were there for 28 years? 26 years. 26 years. 26 years. All right. So about 2000, you realized things have to change. So you began to work at that. And so for the last, so for the next decade and a half, you worked at it. And tell us kind of what happened. Well, we were simply being faithful and reaching out into our neighborhood and a a lot of mission trips and a lot of really involvement in, in, in discipleship. But probably around 2013, we began to make a significant effort to renew and revitalize Jog Road. We made changes to ministry, made changes to our programming, to to our building facilities. And and you know what happens when you begin to change, and not everybody really likes it. Yeah, I've and, noticed that. Yeah, and so we saw God begin to work. But I had a hallway conversation one time with someone who was questioning some of the changes that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be very polite and, and talk about what we were doing. And I remember making the statement and saying, you know what, I've been here a long time. And, you know, with all these changes, if I'm going to die on a hill – I'm going to die 
on my hill. There you and, go. And so, and so it really kind of startled me that I'd said that, but I recognized that I had become all in on the changes and the transition of tr- trying to really make us be, be very fruitful. And we began to see God make some changes as we implemented things for modernization for the building and for ministry. Right. And so meanwhile, Pastor De Silva is on the same road, down the road, meeting with this crazy situation with six churches. Now, you and I met in 2013. So tell me, tell us a little bit about, you know, tell our listeners about our relationship and our friendship and how that went. It was very interesting because I didn't know Pastor Jim Scrogg. uh, I'm not very big in the Spanish world. My friend, Pastor Dr. Ray, he was talking to me about what happened in Family Church. I didn't know Family Church. And it was interesting because it was... Right, right here, tried to reach out to the Latinos. Right. And we met one day, I was in the restaurant with you here. We yeah. started talking. I remember when you asking me, what are you doing here? So I said, like, hey, <laughs> yeah. we tried to reach out to the Latinos yeah. for Christ. And you told me, well, we, we tried to reach out to the Anglos for Christ. Yeah. And we start talking, relationship, get to know each other better. And it was amazing because your vision, your passion was the same passion and vision we had for the Latinos. Of course, I cannot reach out to the Anglo. You cannot eat, reach out to the Latino. So what you can do together. So we started from that. Yeah, and we had this conversation. So we began to share some events, share some retreats, come to some meetings together and just build a friendship. And we kind of did that for a couple of years. Yes, I was in the retreat, actually, for the first time. With our staff team. Yes, somebody invited me and I spent uh, uh, two days with you guys, yep. try to understand what's going on. So I remember those days. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. And then we decided to partner. So while you're in that crazy situation with six churches and all that, we said, hey, we think we could do more together than we do separately because you know, you were having a dynamic ministry with Latinos and we wanted to partner with you because we don't know how to do that very well. And But we had some systems that we thought could help you actually grow your leadership and grow. And we had some resources that you didn't have access to as a small church, meaning in a rented facility. So we decided to become family church in Espanol Iglesia Familiar in Green Acres and still meeting in that facility. Meanwhile, Keith, you had become a mentor to me because I moved here as a 36-year-old pastor, new to Palm Beach County, and I have this guy, you, you're a little bit older than me. I have been married longer than me. Uh, your kids are older than my kids. You have really walked through a lot of the waters as a pastor, as a father, as a husband. And you know when you really helped me, there was some time when we were struggling with some of our kids and some things they were going through as teenagers. And I just reached out to you and started having meals with you, and you would kind of coach me up and encourage me and pray for me about my own children. And you share with me some experience. And Keith, I just really felt like we developed a really special friendship through that time. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. One time we had had lunch, and all of a sudden we take a walk, and I go like. This is weird, but I realized that I began to talk about my own kids and about what we were intentionally trying to do to parent them. And I, I could tell that, that we were connecting. We didn't hold hands or anything. I mean, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the sidewalk was too small to do that. You know, okay. one of us had to alternate between the palm That's leaves true. and walking in front of each other. But, but anyway, but, but I, I realized that uh, though we didn't know each other that well, that we had the common bond of, of really being pastors, really not only just cared for our churches, but also we care for our families. And we we're going to be very intentional about mm-hmm. what that was going to look like. And then 
it's probably about that time that that we began to to see some fruit of our labors mm-hmm. in in making changes because in 2014 we saw two of the most significant events take place in our church as far as outreach. We had an Easter outreach where we had the Easter egg hunt during Bible study, uh, and so we had a two hour program. You went crazy right yeah, there. Yeah, so we had a two hour program where intentionally where the kids would be, right. be out there. They came inside, and then the adults had to go to the the worship center, and you have just baby carriages all over the place. Because people are unprepared to go to church yeah, on course, Easter, of course. But it was it was revolutionary as far as reaching the community. And then we did a, a lunchbox giveaway. That kind of the same thing happened. We mm-hmm. just packed packed that place. But what we realized, despite all our best efforts, is that we began to see that people spoke Spanish. So and, the people coming to your even, outreach yeah. predominantly spoke yeah. Spanish. It's like, and are you pretty good in Spanish? Oh yeah. Like <laughs> n- no comprende. That, yeah. you know, that's that's my best. That's Tengo my best. hambre. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see and see I've been into Is enough. He pretty good in Spanish. You can say tengo hambre. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. That's all he knows no, in I can Spanish. Say dos huevos fritos or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because I've been with Mexico right. with him in missions, but it's it's fascinating. But we discovered in, in, in our relationship is that we discovered that that I began to share with you what we were doing Mm -hmm. and you know a friendship was developing but also you began to hear from us that we were doing well but not succeeding because our neighborhood had had the need for spanish-speaking kind of 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 outreach that we couldn't provide right and so we began to talk about different ways because we began to say because keith i think uh, you and you were aware and, and we began to have conversations where we said hey listen Pastor De Silva has a Spanish-speaking congregation down the road from you that's actually would grow, but they're stuck because they're in this building with six churches, and you have a building that's no longer full. And in fact, the people that you could most easily access in your neighborhood are more Spanish-speaking than not. Right. And then we had some resources because we'd sold some property and everything, and we had some systems that we were learning in place. And so, Keith, tell us what, what happened next. Well, we had a an associational meeting, the mm-hmm. Palm Beach Baptist Network uh, meeting, yep. and uh, I pulled you aside after that meeting, and I said, look, we've just had some great events happen, but we're stuck, and mm-hmm. we're exhausted, and I'm not sure how we need to approach. I think we need to talk about what working together would look like. And then I began to understand you know, the terminology, because I'd been just a small pastor, and about what a strategic partnership would look like, and we began to discuss that and begin to explore what that was, because I'd seen enough enough guys over the years where they looked inward, they were protecting their church and, mm. and, and their building, and basically, I knew that change was going to happen, and I knew that either we could keep the status quo and change into a place that is insignificant and you know where you just don't want to be part of, or that we could change and extend the kingdom of God and be part of something that would be growing. And so that's where where I recognize that that you were you know new to the community and God was blessing you and and the work here at Family Church and and wanted to explore what that would look like. Right, and so Keith initiated this set of conversations. And it took a lot of conversations with his leadership team and with us. There's a lot of detail to that. But the bottom line is Jog Road Baptist Church made a really heroic and humble and sacrificial decision after decades of labor and giving and raising children and families with that facility as kind of their home base. Jog Road Baptist Church made a tough decision. Yeah. And it was a tough decision. Yeah. Because – I first, as a leader, had to be convinced that that's what God wanted to do. 
And though not that I'm the only one hearing from God, but as a leader, I had to make sure that I was committed to it. And then I had to lead our people to be a process where our core leaders were were part of that. And and basically, it was where we had to lead that process to make sure that all of our guys were on the same page and their spouses were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that, that I've discovered uh, is that as you're going through that you know, not only are you trusting this process, but I then had to determine whether I trusted you. Yeah. And though I knew you, I had to really think through, is this a guy that I trust? And I remember reading the book, Good to Great in One Night. And I just said, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through that. And I sort of knew what it was about. So, but, but when I got to the, the idea of humility, I said, you know what? You know, Jamie's got his faults just like me, but he's an authentic guy. He's a real guy because I've been enough around enough of guys. And so have all of us where you just know they're, they're not real. And mm-hmm. so- we began to to go through that process of determining exactly what's taking place. Now, now, Jimmy, there was a key book that that I had read during this time called "Crucial Conversations: Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High," yeah. and that's probably the most important book in my life as far as leadership because it had one key truth that talked about you need to get your your team to express their real feelings. And so that you can't go forward until people are actually talking about what they actually think and feel, even if it is controversial. And so it took us time to get to that point. And it was amazing to see how people began to recognize and honestly say that they didn't like it, that they didn't want to do it. And then we could talk about why and then move us in a direction so that we could actually move toward expressing what what our true feelings are. And so at the end of the day, after all this process and conversation and challenges, you did lead your team and your team bought in and Jog Road Baptist Church voted to create a strategic partnership with Family Church, knowing that that basically meant that this English-speaking congregation was going to disperse and they were going to come. You came on board as a pastor at Family Church and a lot of your leadership came on board at Family Church. Some people went to other churches right. and whatever. Some went to multi- different campuses. But that congregation that had held together through decades basically disbanded and dispersed into other congregations. Meanwhile, and the, and the whole plan was Pastor De Silva's church, family, uh, Iglesia Familiar in Green Acres, then moved from that rental facility with six churches where their growth was limited and actually capped and moved into the Jog Road Baptist Church facility. And here's what's cool about the partnership. Family Church had some resources to be able to come in and refurbish and, and upgrade the facilities in some ways at Jog Road. Jog Road had the facility and leadership and passion for the community. Pastor De Silva had a congregation that could speak Spanish and reach out. And that's why strategically all three churches brought something really crucial to the table. And so, Pastor De Silva, you move into that facility a couple of years ago. And what's happened since? Yeah, we moved actually almost three years ago. Golly, hard to believe. And, and it was interesting because I was Centro Familiar Cristiano in Spanish. Right. And I understand Pastor Keith when he's talking about it was a lot of emotion for them involved. Yeah. And the other side, it was a lot of emotion for us because we're not being Centro Familiar anymore. But one thing is was amazing when we moved to from CFC to Jog Road. I remember those numbers very well. We had a, a hundred ninety six adults, yeah. twenty five kids, and thirty five teenagers. I never forget those numbers. When you move a year later, right now is almost three years. Today we had only one service. Today we have a two service, four hundred adults. 65 kids in the 75 teenagers. Every Wednesday night, we have a 200 adults in a Bible study. And now we're looking for the future, probably going to have as soon as possible a second generation English service for our kids. 
So everything's changing for us because the location, you know, the neighborhood is Hispanic and you have a um, place to worship God. Yeah. And what I love about that, Pastor De Silva, there's a sign out front of your church. It's in Spanish, Iglesia Familiar, and it is a fully functioning all week long Spanish speaking campus that is a fully orbed all week church ministry led by you and your team. And you have a residency of Spanish-speaking men that you are training to uh, plant more churches. You have one pretty large seed church meeting uh, further west and south of you guys. And so there's just this incredible ministry. So, so Keith, uh, let me just go back to you and let me just ask you, when you and your team who had to make a very difficult and sometimes tearful and prayerful decision to kind of change the nature of the ministry at Jog Road, but when you guys go to Iglesia Familiar and you see, you know, six or 700 people worshiping there on a Sunday. Tell me how that makes you feel. Oh, it, it moves me to tears. Yeah. Because I remember the last time we formally met that we voted unanimously to make that decision. And in the congregational vote, that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never done know, it. Especially to, give, yeah. away, to yeah. give away a building and property. But but we knew, and I, I commend the folks who made the decision because half of them knew that they would never worship at family church, but they right. knew it was the right decision because of what's going on. And then you make that decision. And you believe with all your heart that it's the right decision, but you want but you to, don't know. But you don't know until you know. Yeah. And so, so I remember like, you know, the first couple of months driving by there and I was driving in transition and I saw cars parked out the gazoo. It right. was like all over the place. <laughs> and I was just in tears. I was in tears to know that, that God had blessed in such a way to lead a people that wanted to not just survive, but to extend God's kingdom. And so it was a powerful thing. I was in there yesterday. Yeah. And those folks just loved me. I, I just uh, loved course. them. And they were filled up. And and it was just exciting to see Pastor De Silva's leadership and to see the friendship that we have developed because yeah. of that, of working together. And and I'm just blessed to see how they are blessed and how the kingdom is, is blessed by, by what we're doing together. I think one, one thing, Pastor, is, is very important here is uh, our relationship. Yeah, our that's friendship. right. We close my people knows Pastor Keith very well. He's coming many times when he has the opportunity. But one thing I was talking to my congregation when these things happen, I say, we're not closing church and open church. Pastor Keith, what he's doing, he's passing the baton for us. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. he was here for 26 years, reached a lot of people for Christ. Now he passed the baton, you're going to do a job for the yeah. next 26 years. So that's yeah. what happened. And I tell you what, for both of you guys, I think your humility and your commitment to the mission of reaching right. people for Jesus Christ really shows through it, not just yours, but the congregations that you are leading and have led. And I think that really goes so well with who we are at Family Church. Well, we could go on all day with this. This is my favorite church revitalization partnership story. And I just couldn't say more good things about the two of you and what you have done here. But let me just say this to our listeners. It doesn't matter if you're in a big church, a small church, a rural church, an urban church, suburban church, in the deep south or elsewhere, even outside of the United States, trying to figure out how to match up expertise and people and resources and buildings is crucial. And sometimes everybody's going to have to lay something down for the sake of the mission. And if we all hold on too tightly to our own stuff and our own history and our own investment, then the mission's going to fail. And I think that what you see in this conversation is you see two men right here, Pastor De Silva and Pastor Keith Albert, they're open-handed about all things because when it really comes down to it and the chips were down, if that meant changing the name, that meant someone else meets in your facility, that means somebody speaking different language is going to be in your facility. Whatever it means, these guys and the people they lead were willing to do anything 
for the mission of Jesus. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys being here. It means so much to me, and we're out of time, And but I think everybody can see why this is my, my favorite story. Now, for all of our listeners, we would love to hear about your revitalization experience, your partnership experience. You can post it for us at familychurchnetwork.com. Reach out to us. I really want to hear. We may even include you on a future podcast if you'll let us know about your story. But until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.